Welcome to another bonus episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. I'm your host, David Go here with our now two-time guest at Buck's House on Instagram here. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. We just got finished watching that Suns versus Clippers game two with the exciting finish. So, um, yeah, pretty happy. Yeah, that last play, the, the dunk by Aiton happened so fast. Kind of confused as to what happened. It was just a little bit... Weird, and then the replay reviews that I'm pretty sure it took about 40 minutes combined between like the last three minutes of replay reviews. Uh, but that was a really good game. Would you, if if the Bucks do make it to the finals, do you think you'd rather play Phoenix or LA? Difficulty wise, I think I would obviously pick the Clippers. The Suns are just so hot right now. They've won nine in a row. Um, they're a really fun team to watch, but um, that just means they're a really good team. So I think. The Clippers, while they are talented, I think they would be the easier series. Um, so I would probably rather play them. But, you know, the Suns versus Bucks matchups early in the year, both were decided by one point. They're really fun matchups, and I think they would make for a great finals either way. Yeah, I think so too. And, of course, really if the Bucks make it to the finals, uh, with these two teams, Bucks have a pretty good shot, I think, against either of them. Uh, maybe we would rather face the Clippers. I think a, a, a Suns series would be fun also. Um, and I think really with all the teams left, it's not like we're seeing the perennial contenders. I mean, we do have Kawhi still in, but he's really the only superstar that is really in championship contention year after year. So I think that is good to see. Um, but looking back, we are now 1-0 on uh, series that we preview the the uh, the series with a bonus episode here. Um, again, at Buck's House on Instagram. Be sure to go drop a follow. Check out his content there. does a great job. Um, and so we're going to try to make it 2-0 figured. We can't mess it up. We, if we were successful the first time, let's try at it again and maybe preview this Hawk series that should be a little bit easier, um, but of course don't want to look past it. But before we do that, we're going to just take a look back at the, the net series. Um, most of you who are listening probably watched many of the games in the series. Game 1 in Brooklyn, Bucks fall by 8, 115 to 107. And then Game 2 with a terrible showing, 125 to 86 loss. Um, Bucks were really flat all game, and really going back to Milwaukee, you thought to even stay in the series, they have to win both, um, and they did that. They ended up taking kind of a, a sloppy and ugly game, 86-83 in game three, um, one by 10 in or 11 in game four, um, and then game five, I thought really after that game, it seemed like there was really no chance that they were going to uh, end up completing the comeback. Uh, we saw them blow a 17-point lead. Uh, late in the game, and they just looked really bad at the end of the game. Budenholzer, of course, not not very good um, as far as the coaching goes, and a lot of ISOs at the end. Overall, pretty poor performance from the Bucks. there. Uh, came back with the big win, Game 6, and then, of course, to cap it off, Game 7, the four-point win, which was probably the most exciting basketball game I've watched in my life. Um, what were your thoughts, I guess? Uh, we'll start by talking a little bit about those first two games in Brooklyn. Uh, what things did you see, and how did you feel about the Bucks after those first two games, other than just not great, I'm assuming? Yeah, um, it wasn't fun. It, it only made it worse that Harden got injured in the first 40-some seconds of Game 1, so they didn't even have James Harden for those two games. Um, you go out, I know we only lost by eight points, in game one, but for a good part of the game, we we're down double digits and eventually got to, I believe, 21 um, before all the bench players got put in. So, so we had a really poor performance game one, and then we follow it up with an absolutely embarrassing game two loss. 
Um, I, I felt pretty confident that we could win at home. It, it was just difficult to believe that we could pull pull this one out, even if they were um, a little bit banged up. Um, so that's you know how I felt about them. We didn't play with enough energy. We didn't play like we could win the game, and we didn't take advantage of the Nets being without one of their best players. Yeah, I think really if the Bucks played well this series, they probably would have won in, I would say, six, maybe even five. Harden, like you like you alluded to, um, out early in game one and didn't come back until game five where he was really a, a non-factor. Uh, game six and seven, he was a little better. And by that point, Kyrie was out for the series. Um, games three and four uh, in Milwaukee, must wins, I would say, both games. And the Bucks did just that, even if they didn't necessarily do so in, in impressive fashion. Um, and that was that was like good to see. I know game five. Um, what were your thoughts on that game? Probably the worst game of the series. I know game two was ugly, but game five they were up and uh, instead of just blowing the the whole game from the beginning, they blew a late lead and that was really demoralizing. What were your thoughts after the game? And what what kind of were your thoughts going into game six um, following that that bad loss? It's funny that you mentioned that games two and five seem to be the um, worst games as those were the two games that we went to Deer District for. I don't think you were there for game two, but um, you did. we were all there for game five. Yeah, just to go into game five, you know, you're tied 2-2 and you're just trying to get some momentum. We got to keep the Bucks and Six alive. It looked pretty promising to say the least. Um, anytime you're up by double digits on the road, um, in a pivotal game five, you're you've, you're feeling pretty good, and uh, like you mentioned earlier, the Bucks moved to a lot of isolation plays, and it was really t- it was really hard to watch. Um, no, uh, a lot of people around us were you know murmuring the same things like uh, we got to run some offense because the isolation plays just were not working. So um, going into game six after that performance. Um, again, pretty confident that we could win on at home, but you know, after losing such a tough game like that in Game Five, um, you know, it doesn't give you hope for a potential Game Seven, and um, definitely leaves a lot of fans feeling pessimist. Yeah, one thing I really noticed at the end of that Game Five, also, especially Giannis seemed to be really hesitant with the ball. There were a number of times where I thought that he should step up, uh, try to take the big shot close to the basket, and then ended up passing the ball, um, or, or maybe hesitated too long to where I know there was one that he traveled, uh, turned the ball over a little bit, and it ended up being Holiday and Middleton who took most of the shots. Middleton had a great game six, but game seven, Holiday and Middleton were both, I don't know if I'd say non-existent, but uh, I mean, going into the fourth quarter, combined six for 32. I know they played a little bit better. Holiday had that huge three at the end of regulation. Uh, Middleton hit that two, I think, in overtime. Um, you know the free throw line jump shot. Uh, so they both they both contributed towards the end of the game, but very unreliable earlier in the game. Um, and yeah, I mean that that game seven was just uh, uh, you couldn't have asked for a better game. Um, so many ups and downs. Uh, I think pretty much with every shot you were kind of living and dying with it. Uh, I know we were watching the game together, and that's kind of how it felt. Was like the Nets hit a three and it's like a huge momentum swing with one shot, which you really only get in a big pivotal game seven. That's really what it, what it was, was a a very high stakes. Um, Some called it like the championship series before the finals, which I think that's a pretty appropriate title considering we may have seen the the two best teams. Um, 
And I wanted to know, on um, the, the Kevin Durant shot at the end of regulation, did you think it was a three initially also? No, I didn't. Uh, I, I actually thought it was more obvious than it was. I didn't think it was uh, such a close call that it ended up being. But based off of where he was turning around, it looked like he was at least a half of his foot within the line. So I was like, okay, at least he took, you know, as I was going up, I was like, at least he took a two-pointer. So if he makes this, it's tied and whatever. And, um, you know, he ended up hitting that shot. It was it was depressing, first of all, because we were up by four points late in the game, 109-105. Um, but also, it just seems like, a, you know, a total Wisconsin sports moment where um, you play in this intense game seven and uh, you have the lead, and all of a sudden, KD hits this ridiculous uh, turnaround jumper. And, you know, credit to him, he played really well, and he knocked down the shot. Yeah, I think I think after that, it was a little bit a little bit disheartening. Uh, you know that they're going to overtime at that point, and um, certainly before that, they didn't take care of the ball with Brooke Lopez. Overtime, uh, the, the Nets got a quick basket, and I think really most of the, the Bucks fans were pretty demoralized at that point. You don't really expect a, a team to come back like that, um, especially a team like the Nets that they're playing against in a really short overtime period, only five minutes. But the Bucks were able to come back. First time that either of the two Milwaukee teams won a Game 7 in 20 years. Bucks did that against Charlotte, I think, in the Eastern Conference semifinals uh, 20 years ago. Uh, so I think they're about 0-6 or 0-7 since then uh, between both the Brewers and Bucks. So uh, that was certainly um, surprising as a Milwaukee sports fan. Um, that, that spans my lifetime. And I was very excited to see that. But at the same time, it felt like they just won the finals or they had at least made it to the finals. But no, they're still now just in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and it feels like they're a long ways away from a championship now, although a big step closer. Uh, so we're going to transition now into kind of a preview for the Hawks series. Uh, not quite as good of a team as Brooklyn, maybe not quite as difficult of a matchup, but also have to be careful not to overlook them. Um, I know Atlanta has surprised a lot of people, and they've really been good since Nate McMillan took over as interim head coach. I think it was around the beginning of February. Um, and since then... They've taken off as one of the best teams in the East. They outplayed Philadelphia through the series, certainly having Embiid uh, hobbled on that, that knee injury didn't help. Ben Simmons was terrible. But the Hawks still were able to come through despite a not super good performance from Trey Young. Uh, what is your first impression of the Hawks? Do you think they're a, a very good team that has a legit shot at, at beating the Bucks? Do you think they're kind of just a pretend team that's gotten lucky? How do you see the Hawks so far? I think they're a pretty solid team. I think um, a lot of Bucks fans overlook them, and they're already looking to the finals. And um, while I understand that to a certain extent, I think it's important that we take them seriously. As far as the players go, they know that the Hawks are a, a serious team. They know that any team in the league is capable of winning um, a best of seven, unless maybe you're the Timberwolves. But, um, you know, I think... They've got a lot of solid pieces around them. I don't think we're going to lose. Uh, we'll get to our predictions later on. I don't think we're going to lose the series. But they beat a New York Knicks team who made the playoffs for the first time in a few years. And then they beat a really good Philadelphia team. I know they had their issues. Um, you can debate whether they were a capable team of winning the finals, the 76ers. They definitely did enough to get here. Shout out to them for getting to this point. 
Yeah, of course, you have to be at least a pretty good team to make it to the conference finals, even if they maybe did get a little lucky with the schedule. Um, they still are in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they do have a pretty good roster. It's interesting because last year they were one of the worst teams in the NBA, I believe. Um, and now this year, the quick turnaround, already um, one of the one of the best teams in the league now already in, in 2021 here. Um, do you think, I mean, their best player, Trey Young, clearly, their point guard, 22 years old, and really an up-and-coming superstar in the NBA, already made a couple all-star appearances. Um do you think the Bucks will be able to contain him? Philadelphia did a pretty good job of that. Um, I know he didn't have a great series shot. Looks like he shot 32% from three, only 40%, 39-40% from the field. Um, and he was he was fine, but he wasn't outstanding. He didn't kill the 76ers. How do you see that matchup? I assume Drew Holiday will likely be matched up against him for most most of the time. Um, do you see the Bucks being able to contain Trey Young and maybe limit him uh, kind of like Philadelphia did or maybe even a little bit better with uh, what is one of the best defenses in the NBA that the Bucks have? Yeah, I definitely think you go Drew Holiday on him. That makes the most sense to me. Um, I do think we can contain him. I think this might be a nice bounce-back series for Drew Holiday both defensively and offensively. I know he had a pretty pretty good series defensively against the Nets, but um, I, I, I think going against a shorter guard than Trey Young, um, I, I like our chances. Um, I like his chances on a bounce back. One thing you got to worry about with Trey Young is his passing ability. He's He averaged 11 assists a game in the Philadelphia series, so even when he wasn't shooting the ball well, he would look out for his teammates, and like I said, um, they've got a lot of solid guys around them, so you, you kind of got to watch out for those guys as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, especially now the biggest stage that Trey Young has been on also. Just 22 years old, have to think that it's it's a possibility that he might back down a little bit to the pressure of the national media now being in the Eastern Conference Finals. I know Milwaukee's not a big market, uh, but he still is now under more pressure than he really has ever been. I do think the Hawks have the advantage of um, I know one reporter referred to it as playing with, with house money. Um, they weren't expected to be here by any means. So even winning a playoff series was successful for them. And now here they are in the conference finals with a chance to make it to the NBA finals. That's a big, a big surprise and uh, huge for their team going forward. And I don't think it'd be a disappointing season at all if they lost in this round, whereas that might be the case for the Bucks. You mentioned about how Drew Holiday could be due for a little bit of a bounce-back series. Not his strongest performance against Brooklyn. Was able to play well enough uh, for the Bucks still to advance. Uh, but how do you see Drew Holiday with the offense against a different team, a very different team that he would match up differently against? Um, and alongside Chris Middleton, both of them had kind of inconsistent offensive series. Do you see them maybe being a little bit more consistent in this Hawks series? What do you think we can expect from the two of them offensively? Yeah, I think Drew Holiday can have a bounce back series offensively because the Nets are a superior team to the Atlanta Hawks. I think uh, this gives them a chance to play a little bit of a weaker team and uh, to just get his mojo back for the potential finals matchup, whether it be the Suns or Clippers, should we get there. Um, he's averaged 19 points and 8 assists uh, against the Hawks this season in three games. He shot very well in those games, 56% from the field, 44% from three, and he's looked really confident in those games. So I think that's why we can see a, a pretty nice bounce series for him. As far as Chris Middleton, I was encouraged after a really 
rough first two games against Brooklyn. He bounced back. I think the Bucks tweeted that he averaged maybe 24, 25 points per game against the Brooklyn Nets in the last five games of the series. I know you say you mentioned he struggled in the game seven, but he did hit some big shots. I think he'll be just fine. Um, Giannis is going to get his either way, and I think he'll have a, a, a great series as well. And um, yeah, I think our big three plays the best they have uh, in this series. Yeah, you certainly hope so. And I think if they do that, there's really no doubt that the Bucks will win the series, um, whether it be in, in four or five or maybe six. Um, hopefully not seven, but I, I think that, that if we do see good performance from those three, um, it's pretty clear that the Bucks will win. One of the big questions, I think, for the Hawks in the series is who's going to guard Giannis? I was reading some, some previews for the series saying perhaps John Collins will. I know he's not known for his defense, similar size to Giannis, but definitely not a, a, a sterling defender by any means. Do you see them kind of going with Collins at the, uh, at, at the position of a power forward guarding Giannis, a pretty tall task. I don't think the Hawks have a great defense um, as far as that goes. Capella probably too slow. Uh, for Giannis, someone like Bogdanovich a little bit too small. Who do you see guarding Giannis, and do you see that being a, a big issue for the Hawks? Yeah, I think it's definitely a tough decision and a tough thing for Nate McMillan to figure out. I do think you start the game with John Collins on him. As far as who switches on to him when Collins is on the bench or, you know, uh, if Collins gets eaten up by Giannis, uh, maybe you go with Capella. If uh, you know, if you can't get anything from Collins, maybe you go with Gallinari. I think either way, Giannis is just gonna um, do his thing versus his Hawks team, and um, it should be fun to watch. A couple more questions before we wrap up. Who do you see being a, a big X factor for the Hawks? The Hawks have a, a collection of uh, like some pretty good players. They don't have really any stars outside of Trey Young. Uh, do you see one particular player as being a big X factor? I know you talked about Joe Harris last time. Maybe someone similar of, of a similar stature to Harris being a big factor in the series that maybe is a little bit under the radar. I think with DeAndre Hunter going out with a meniscus injury, with Bogdanovich going down with a knee injury, Kevin Herter is someone interesting to look at as far as X factor wise. He had a very big game. Uh, game seven versus Philadelphia. I believe he had 27 points. He hit two three-pointers, 10 for 18 field goals. Atlanta has a lot of guys who can have streaky nights. Like I mentioned, Bogdanovich is injured. He can have those nights. Um, I don't know if he'll look the same after his injury, but Kevin Herter certainly is one of those guys who can kill a team with his shooting ability, with his scoring ability. So he's one guy I look for just to make sure we can contain him. And then the Bucks last series, we saw them really going with the five starters, maybe some Pat Connaughton thrown in there, a couple minutes for Bryn Forbes. Um, we really didn't see any of Bobby Portis um, or Jeff T, guys like that. Do you see one of those bench guys maybe getting a few more minutes than they had and maybe being a, a pretty big factor in this series? Yeah, I think Bryn Forbes is a guy I look for to have a better series than he did versus the Nets. And I think... Um, some might disagree, but maybe he gets a look at starter minutes um, with the different team that Atlanta has. He can definitely get hot, and uh, he can space the floor. P.J. Tucker made sense to put him in defensively for the Nets series, and uh, who knows, maybe he'll be better off the bench on the bench this series. He could have an impact either way, both Forbes and Tucker, wherever they are, but um, I think Forbes is a nice guy who can come in, score the ball, 
and really give this team more options and could be a, an X factor in the series. So last question before we wrap up or before we give our, our final predictions on the series. Um, I was reading some some pregame commentary or pre-series commentary about um, about this upcoming series. And they were talking about how the Hawks are a better team than everyone gives them credit for. Uh, I was on The Athletic interviewing a couple different, like an executive, a coach, a scout, guy, uh, people like that in the game. And they were kind of saying that that the Hawks are a good team and that they're going to be a legit threat to the Bucks. What do you see as the biggest obstacle to the Bucks? What do you think could go wrong, outside of injury, of course? What do you think is the biggest thing that could go wrong that maybe could cause the Bucks to fall in this, this series where they're really highly favored against Atlanta? I think three-point shooting and just spread out scoring from Atlanta could hurt us. The Atlanta Hawks weren't an amazing three-point shooting team in the playoffs, only 34%, um, as opposed to 37% in the regular season. But that, like I mentioned, they've got guys who can give you 15 to 20 points, and it doesn't have to be um, just Trey Young doing the work. They have six guys who can give you double digits, and they did that in the Philadelphia series. They're not as injured as the Brooklyn Nets, but they are a semi-injured semi team, and they're still able to put up big offensive numbers. Um, and I think Trey Young as well can lead them. Like I said, he had 11 assists per game last series, and he knows his team, and he knows how to find his guys in their sweet spots. So that's one thing to look for. Um, they're role players uh, playing well offensively. Yeah, and hopefully the Bucks are able to contain those role players pretty well. Uh, we saw them do a pretty good job of that in the games that they won. Uh, you, The games that they lost, you saw Jeff Green go off for 20 or so. Uh, Bruce Brown was playing really well. And you knew KD was going to get his points. Um, Harden, when he was really playing and healthy, he was going to get his points and play pretty well. Um, even Blake Griffin was pretty good. But it was those role players that were kind of the factors, like, like we mentioned earlier about um, who the X factors might be in the series. So before we wrap up, uh, the time that everyone wants to hear is going to be what the prediction is for the series, um, who is going to win the series, and in how many games. What is your prediction for this Eastern Conference Finals matchup, Michael? I would love to go Bucks and six, but uh, I'm gonna go Bucks and five for this one. I think it has a potential to go to six, um, but I'm gonna settle on Bucks and five. And I'm gonna go one up on yours and go Bucks and four. I think the Bucks are gonna sweep. I, I hit it right last time, Bucks and seven, which was pretty gutsy. I didn't know if the Bucks were actually gonna be able to take a game seven in Brooklyn, but they were. Um, so we'll see if I can be right back to back times. Now I'm going with Bucks and four. Bucks going to uh, take this one pretty easily, pretty handily, and certainly hope that that's the case and hope that we can get the Bucks back in the NBA Finals for the first time since 1974. Uh, so that would be huge. Of course, I don't remember 1974. I don't think you would. Um, but for maybe some of you, uh, it's been a long time coming after the days of Kareem and Big O. Many years of heartbreak. Don't want to get a little bit uh, too far ahead of ourselves, but hopefully we are able to get to that point where we are seeing the Bucks on the biggest stage. Uh, that's going to do it for our episode today. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, thank you, Michael, for joining us. It was really fun. And hopefully the Bucks are able to take this series against Atlanta. It should be easier. Hopefully they're able to take it in four or five like we both predicted. And until next time, go Bucks.